Yes, everyone, welcome, comrade. Welcome to another episode of Spectacular with Mac the Lion. And today we're going to be talking about the lazification project. It is a word that many of us have never heard before, but I'll put you through because this is very, very powerful as to what is happening in the world today. We're talking about the lazification project, a word generated from the word lazy or laziness. So the lazification project. Now, what is the lazification project? Because as the resolver, I'm bringing things that have been concealed for many years to a place of revelation and comprehension. The Lazification Project is when the ruling class of politicians entrap the destinies of many by sequencing a, a dull system that is rarely designed to permanently disable its participants into the perpetuity of poverty. I repeat again, the Lazification Project is when the ruling class of politicians entrap the destinies of many by sequencing a dual system that is originally designed, really designed to permanently disable its participants into the perpetuity of poverty. Back in the 1960s, there was a man, an American president by the name of Lyndon Johnson, LBJ. This man pretentiously claimed he wanted to wage a war against poverty and he created an initiative called the War on Poverty exclusively for the African-American community. But in fact, he actually was not trying to wage a war against poverty. He was actually setting up the lazification project. What was later called the project was actually the lazification project. It was really designed to permanently disable the working poor and convert them into the idolent poor, where the community will now become trapped in the perpetuity of poverty, thereby making them a permanent underclass of strugglers who will never be able to break free from the tentacles of poverty and as a result remain permanently dependent on the government for their sustenance, for their supply, which now gives the ruling class permanent ownership of their allegiance in order for them to sustain themselves and hence they are now able to reap their votes on the frequency of permanency that way they lift their allegiance they lift their vote on a wholesale basis based on the fact that they are now permanently dependent upon the dual system this was a calculated scheme for the race of people the African-American community and it worked perfectly. I want you to understand 
where I'm coming from because I'm trying to bring us to a place because now we're reaping some of the full outburst of what the lazification project was designed. You see, when you put a man on a door, you kill his destiny. You waste his purpose. You neutralize his existence because you give him something for nothing. You see, everyone was created by God for a purpose. Everyone was placed on this earth with gifts, talents, and abilities. And everyone was given an assignment, a designation, something they were created for. There is no one that was not given something. Some were given more than others. We talk about the story in the New Testament of the talent. One was given one talent. Another was given two talents. Another was given five talents. And maybe even another was given ten talents. Everyone will receive something, some more, some less. And everyone was given something in order for them to come to life, come to this earth and release their value, release their purpose, accomplish something they were designated to do, realize the fullness of their existence, unpack their value, serve their generation, release that value, develop that value, become relevant or attain relevance in the course of their lifetime and as a result they are able to accomplish and realize the fullness of your designation everyone was placed on this earth by god to do something with their lives now when they arrive this earth now people are born in different cities different towns different nations different places some in the backwoods of nowhere but everyone arrives with something because it's innate because gifts and talents are spiritual they are innate they are components of the inner man components of spiritual man and everyone was given something some were given more than others for whom much is given more of course or much will be anticipated or expected of that person to him that was given five talents that should be a recompense a return a reward mechanism for his five talents much more demand will be placed on him much more than the fella that was given just only one in short the man who had only one who dug a hole and hid it he was rebuked by the master because he went and he hid it in short he was commanded to be casted into outer darkness because he hid his talent even though it was just one so everyone was given something but when you arrive this earth irrespective of the conditions where you were born there will be opportunities the opportunities would differ from place to place, from people to people, from communities to communities, from nations to nations. The volume, the capacity of those opportunities would differ. But everyone will somehow, no matter how little, will have an opportunity to be able to substantiate that innate value that is within them in a place of development, whether minimally or maximally, eventually, so that they can accomplish the purpose for which they came to the earth. So here was a community in America of the African-American, the descendants of the slaves who had been in that nation as of that time for over 300 and maybe 40 years, dear about. And of course, they've gone through a very long process. And because their journey, they didn't start their journey at the same pace 
the Europeans did, who came as, you know, free men and women from Europe and were in America. They came primarily as slaves. So their journey was a long, winding road, a very difficult road. So it came to a certain time in their existence and in their lives. They were now free and they were now given the opportunity, as it were, to now be able to compete or participate in that which life presented to them in America. But one thing was obvious. Many of them were living below the poverty line. Many of them were living below the middle class. Because of all the journey, because of everything they've gone through that brought them to where they were. And because they were they were squeezed into a high level of limitation. There was just so much they could do. There was just a certain level they could rise to. So obviously the limitations of those opportunities limited them. As a result of that, they did not attain to the level of resourceful impact that their fellow nationals, other Americans attained. So that community were struggling below the poverty line and some were in the middle class and there were still a few elites among them who did better than the rest. But there was something that was very unique about them. Even though they didn't have much, even though some of their communities were a bit laid back because of the limitations on the journey, the winding journey that brought them to where they were, but there was something that was very, very, very strong within them. Number one, they were very family oriented because within the years of their struggle, they drew strength from the community from one another. So they had very tight, very neat, very strong communities, number one. Number two, as a result of that, their family structure was intact. They did far better than their white counterparts when it had to do with family structure. Many of their children were born in two-parent homes. They had a culture of discipline. When the white culture had put out or put away the idea of disciplining or spanking their children, they held on to it. They believed so much in it. And so their kids had more discipline. Their kids had more, you know, more self-control as it were. Because of the training, they raised their children better. So their family structure were better. Their level of divorces was also lower than their white counterpart. Even though they were a minority, but their families did better. Their marriages lasted longer. And as a result of that, the strength of the family structure was in place. Now, coming down to now the financial part, yes, many of them were not even really participating in the developmental milestone as it should be. And as a result of that, only a very few number of them were part of the elite, another were part of the middle class. And yet, we still had some still part of the lower class. But there was something that was very present in most of them. They were a hard-working people. They were very hard-working. Some of the menial jobs, some of the tough jobs, some of the jobs that require a lot of manual labor, they were very good at it because they were very strong, because they were given, you know, most of them were raised in the South because the South was where the farming was very prevalent. So that was where their forefathers worked. So that passed through their bloodline. They were actually very strong, as it were. They were very strong. Even when it comes to do with mortality and all that, they did better than their white counterparts because they were stronger. 
they worked harder they worked and it was something that they inherited down through their line because of the lot of hard work that was put or forced on them when they were slaves so when they became free because once you're a hard-working slave when you become free you still be a hard-working man because you don't now wake up the next morning and you now feel like doing nothing just because you are free no it just now means now you've given me the opportunity or at least the leverage to be able to go out and make it work on my own i remember i read a story of when the slaves were emancipated there were all kinds of debates what should we do for them what should we give them how and someone just came and said just let them go whatever be let it be whatever they rise they rise wherever they fall they fall and i believe that was one of the best advice because when you let people go when you just let them be many at times they thrive and eventually they break through but when you say you want to help them you know like that caterpillar that didn't ask for anyone's help but when you now help them to break out of their shell eventually you destroy them because you have now denied them the process involved to be able to go through the developmental stages of having to exercise yourself into breaking through or breaking through that shell that had held them down as it were so now you have to understand that during the civil you know the civil rights era and all that they have made some traction so now they could vote now there are a lot of things they could do which had made it very interesting but one thing that was very prevalent was this they had strong communities they were very strong people they were very hardworking, and they were very committed to anything they were doing they didn't have too many opportunities because the embers of racism was still you know the fan of racism was still there and they were not 100 percent or totally you know adopted into the system as should be at every single level as of yet at that time so it was a work in progress and those who are very who know much of the history will be able to attest to all the things that happened then but one thing everyone will agree was that they had stronger families they had stronger communities they were well knit everyone knew who everyone was and if a child misbehaves or anything happens you know who the father is you know who the uncle is you know how to beat or discipline or bring them or, or send for them that was how they thrived and they did extremely well then came this genius came this man came this president by the name of lyndon johnson lbj and he had an epiphany he had an idea oh why not let's do something for them these people are poor these people are really going through a lot these people have suffered why not let's fix them up why not let's let's help them why not let's get them out of the pit they are trapped why not let's fix them why not let's help them why not let's wage a war against poverty but if you look at it very well you see that that whole thing was a setup it was designed exclusively to entrap them to create a lizification project to take away their strength because at that time they were getting uppity at that time they had begun to grow at that time many of them have started working in, into the middle class some of them have started buying their own homes systematically and gradually you see there are two types of poverty you need to understand and i will explain this further there are two kinds of poverty there is the working poor and there is the idolent poor the working poor is the real strength of every community of every nation today we have people who are living in affluence and wealth but just two generations ago they were living in abject poverty what happened they were the working poor their forefathers had nothing even in america there were people who got off the ships ate crackers through the ships can't even afford shoes 
will just work for only food when they arrived. They struggled, they worked with their hands, they did everything they could just to be able to find a place to sleep. Many of them slept, you know, where the horses slept, slept in the barn, just to be able to, to be able to get into the American system. So they had nothing, but they were the working poor. They were poor, but they were working. And they worked and worked until eventually their children also worked from where they stopped. And by two or three generations, they've broken through. Now they own estates. Now they own big businesses. Now some of them are millionaires and even potential multi-millionaires and billionaires. So there's nothing wrong with starting out poor as far as you are the walking poor. But here comes this genius, this American president by the name of Lyndon Johnson. And he had this idea, how do we convert the walking poor to the idolent poor? Because it's like he knew exactly what he was doing. Someone said, no, 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 the things that happened, the war on poverty had unintended consequences, lies lies as a resolver i'm here to tell you there was no unintended consequences the things you are seeing the shooting the killing the maiming the raping the drugs the destruction of the black community was planned was generated was initiated they knew exactly what they were doing the outcome of what you see was what was placed in it they wanted to destroy the family structure they wanted to destroy the strength of the families the strength of the home the need the reinforcement they knew exactly what to do and they came up with a project they call the war on poverty it's a lizification project how do you kill a man you kill a man by promising him a dole putting him on a welfare state the welfare state is originally designed to create a permanent underclass of perpetual strugglers who will never be able to break out of the bowl which they are stuck in that is what the Doe welfare system is designed. You say we need to help people, not able-bodied men. When the system, when the Bible talks about helping, it always says the fatherless and the widows. Why? Because the fatherless are still too young to be able to join the working class. And the widows are old women who many a times are already seniors who cannot participate anymore in the workforce productively. So they need to be taken care of. So when the system talks about helping the poor or helping people, it only mentioned those two. Then we could add another group of people who are sick, people are vegetated, people are disabled, apart from those who are infirm. So that's it. But when you put able-bodied working men and women on those, you waste their destinies. You convert them from the working poor to the idolent poor. And once they become the idolent poor, they are ruined. Their destinies are wasted. Their purpose is literally evaporated. You ruin their existence. You bring them to nothing. You create a perpetual class of under-strugglers, the underlings, low lives who amount to nothing. You trap them, and that's what the projects were designed for. And Lyndon Johnson knew exactly that. The man knew what he was doing. He knew he was setting them up, and he did exactly what he was told to do. And Satan was the one behind it. 
they ambushed a very beautiful people whose culture whose strength see today the culture is literally ruined it has been filthified when you listen to the rap music or listening to the rap culture all you see is sleaze ladies dressed in almost naked scantily clad dressings dancing in extremely provocative you know perverted ways then you see the guns then you see the sexual innuendos then you see cash they will always be flashing cash so once i see lost once i see love of money once i see power money sex power immediately i know satan is the one behind it and that was not what that culture was before lyndon johnson the president stepped into it he was the one who ruined it he was the one who ambushed it he was the one who knew what he was doing he set it up he knew exactly what they wanted to get and the end game was to not only destroy the family structure but to cause their people the women especially to be married to the government to be dependent on the system to be perpetually having to receive those sustenance from the governmental system there was a time young girls will never be promiscuous because they will tell you from the onset hey you will ruin my life no 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 you you want to ruin my destiny because if i get pregnant i'm ruined i'm damaged someone will say my father will kill me but when there are no fathers in the homes there's no one to kill her so there's no one to be scared of and the consequences oh she say if i get pregnant just go and file him and start receiving doles because the government created an opportunity for people to be married to the system instead of to be married to a male and by the extrapolation and the removal of the family head systematically and gradually that society that structure that community has literally been messed up has literally been destroyed and that's why we're having all these killings go to the national gun memorial an american website and see how many people are killed by gun violence every day and come and see the black faces everywhere because they are just killing each other like animals and the reason this is happening is because someone ambushed the walking poor someone looked at the system it's called the lazification project what it means is this you lazify the community you take away the walking poor then you replace it with the idolent poor so they become idolent they become idol in mind they become lazy in body and they become deeply rooted spiritually in impoverishment that's what the projects were designed for that's what the hood was designed for literally people travel from all over the world to have a piece of the american pie to have a piece of the american dream to enjoy to partake to just be a part of this beautiful exquisite nation and yet see how in the black community they are hunting each other down killing each other shooting each other just for the fun of it just people are dying by stray bullets right now and the mainstream media doesn't pick it up they don't want it because it doesn't feed into their destructive manipulative agenda so they don't want to talk about it but people are dying every day and the reason they are doing this is because the family structure was ambushed it was ambushed by this man this man knew exactly what he was doing and he boasted of it he was flying on air force one and he said oh these negroes will vote for us for 200 years we own their votes we've put the plan everything will work according to plan and i, I just want to be conservative because it was more explicit than that in his language let's keep it matured up in here so exactly what he said and he said he was gonna get them and he has gotten them and he did exactly what he was sent to do 
he destroyed and damaged that community and only god knows if this is fixable in this generation because now no one even want to listen when you're talking about these are the foundational things that destroy the coming the family structure has been destroyed now you are killing more babies the amount of babies that are conceived in the black community the ones that are being killed by planned murderhood is almost at par with the ones that are being born that's why the community is not even growing this man lyndon johnson saw that they were very hardworking. saw that if you give them time in one generation two generations in a hundred years they will be at par with their white counterparts and they would even exceed them if possible because of the fact that there was still discipline and you know to a certain level they were religious so to a certain level there were still the ideals of christianity and the foundational doctrines because they love church and all these things when you talk about the Martin Luther, the march, you know, on Washington. See how they were beautifully dressed. Can you see that today? Is it still what we have today? Can they still dress that way? They were just beautiful to behold. If you watch the, the bus bicart, watch it. Watch it. It's on YouTube. You see the way they were beautifully dressed. Because they went to church and straight from church, they said they ain't getting on the buses. And they walked all the way home, literally. They had speeches and they did all that. They were looking beautiful. They were looking glorious. Many of those pictures were in black and white, but you could see how the family structure was, was there. The mothers, the fathers, the children. You could see the beauty. Then there were not all these drugs and all this madness of today. They destroy that community through the lazification project. The lazification project is when the ruling class of politicians entrap the destinies of the people that they are meant to lead by putting them on a dough system where they make them get something for nothing. And as a result of putting able-bodied people on a dough system, they literally disable their value. They kill their purpose. They malign their essence. Then, as a result of the idolancy and the laziness, they begin to now fall into all kinds of abuse. Domestic abuse, substance abuse, drug abuse, and they begin to abuse the bottle. It's the same thing everywhere in any nation of the world. When you put people on the door, you destroy them. There are many places in the world where the government never helps anybody to do nothing. They don't give out handouts to nobody. And some of those nations are just clean, literally. I was talking about a nation that I spent many years and I was telling someone, I never saw a homeless kid once. I never saw a human who was homeless sleeping on the streets. Never saw it. And I lived there for many years. Never saw a homeless person. Never did. Because the family structure was functional. It didn't mean the people didn't have problems. But there were no drug problems. The highest you could see someone smoking was weed. That was it. And the last time I checked, that doesn't get you homeless. But when people start getting really high on these extremely hard drugs, this is what fries their brains, reduces the community to nothing and literally wastes and creates vagabonds overnight. This is what is happening in the US. And it was all traceable back to a genius. President Lyndon Johnson, LBJ. He knew what he wanted to do. He knew who he was after. He knew that if he gets them on the dole system, he would destroy their working status and systematically over time he would neutralize them and he did exactly that he knew what he was trying to achieve and you have to understand you know at times people will come and say no no you have to understand that the man tried his best but what happened was unintended lies it was not unintended he knew what he was doing the man understood the game 
he had some type of artistic wizardry where he was able to get information from satan himself who gave him the map the map out of how to destroy this community and see what we have today now 40 years later 50 years later 60 years down the road now you see the harvest we see generation of people living in perpetual poverty living in the projects just trapped and with all the killings when you tell people to move away from that they tell you where do i go because they are trapped the government has literally trapped them they box them in with the dole system and when people become addicted to this especially the women because they are vulnerable once they become addicted to these things, it's very impossible, very difficult for them to break free from it. You have to understand this. You see, there is a difference between what the working poor and the idolent poor. And I will give you a few instances so that you can understand this. Number one, the working poor may not have enough because poverty is the absence or lack of productive power. Poverty is the absence or lack of productive power. When people lack the fullness of the productive ability to substantiate the value within them, they become poor as a result of that. So that absence or the lack thereof is what produces poverty. But when they are able to maximize the value that is within them, they are able to gain traction and relevance. And that's what neutralizes poverty. So when people are working, even though they may be poor or maybe the opportunities in that community is limited, as far as they are working very hard, I want you to understand that they will eventually break through. They would eventually, and if they don't achieve it in their lifetime, their children will pick up from where they stopped because you have already transferred into them the tenaciousness to be hardworking, to give yourself to the work night and day. And eventually, with more education, will come more opportunities. And with higher quality of work, eventually they will overcome poverty and will break out. And that's why one, two, three generations, they're out. But this man saw that community and knew that they were in the trajectory because some of them have started getting uppity. Some of them have started climbing into the middle class and he came up with a strategy to neutralize them, to knock the, the legs off their feet, to knock the legs off their table and literally flatten them and it worked perfectly. He knew what he was doing and he got them 100%. See, that's my work. That's what I do. I'm the resolver. So I'm meant to know these things, literally. I have looked through the archives in the spiritual realm to see exactly what happened and that's what I saw. And he bears his footprint, he bears his, his fingerprint and he bears his name. And now I came into the physical to now confirm the things and I'm seeing exactly what I saw in the spirit is what exactly this man did. He knew what he was doing and he got them exactly where he wanted them to be. The walking poor can work and when they work over time, they break free. Now, the idolent poor, the lazy poor, the ones who are doing nothing, don't work so they can't break free. Their future is permanent. They are stuck. When you see someone doing nothing and they are perpetually stuck in that one place where they are doing nothing, they are going nowhere fast. And at the end of the day, they will never break through. At the end of the day, they will always continue to struggle. Why? Because they aren't working. But when someone is poor but is working, there is hope. Because the effort he's giving every day means he's trying to substantiate his innate ability. And before you know it, over time, he will gain skill through the law of repetition. And over time, before you know it, he will break through. And if he's not able to 
maybe because of a lack of preparation or a lack of knowledge or a lack of education his children will pick up exactly where he stopped that's why a lot of people who were not educated 200 100 years ago told their children i know the value of education and i'm going to work very hard i'm going to dig ditches do every work backbreaking work that is necessary to make sure that you get a college degree why because they say no you must be better than where i stopped that's how the ascendancy of life is one generation picks up from the next so but when people are being lazified when people are doing nothing what happens you break them down and they will never be able to break free that's why if you go to those projects you see three four generations of strugglers year in year out never having enough always pinching and pinching pennies just to be able to make ends meet why because they've been trapped and they don't know what to do it's a lazification project another thing about the working poor another thing is this the working poor have opportunity because he's an opportunity spotter he's a grabber because he's working so when an opportunity comes for a company to say, we need to give someone, oh, you immediately say, no, sir, I'm a good worker. I can do this job. No, I'll be able to do it. Just consider this job done. Why? Because he's working. And the boss will say, are you sure you can handle this? We can hire another person. He said, no, no, you don't need to hire another person. Sir, I've been working on it. I've been around this. I know exactly how to do this job. So what happens? An opportunity sporter is an opportunity grabber. So he runs at it. So he takes his jab at it. And eventually he gets the opportunity. And over time, before you know, is beginning to grow through the ranks then he leaves where he was working before the job is not given to him now he gets a promotion work would always create opportunity for people to be able to spot grab it and move on to the next level but once the lazification project disables people they become opportunity misses and wasters opportunities will never come because they would they are doing nothing they are just hanging out what is the number one term that is used for young people when you see them in the communities in the projects just chilling. What does that chilling mean? Just doing nothing. The lazification project. That was not how their forefathers were. Their forefathers were the hard, most hardworking Americans. But today, what are they doing? They are lazifying around, doing nothing. Why do you think they have time for drugs, prostitution, and all kinds of garbage? Because this is exactly what someone scheduled for them, literally. So all the best opportunities are being grabbed by foreigners, by people who come all the way from India and places like that and come and take advantage of the American dream and build a beautiful, you know, destiny for themselves, make a home for them in America. In the same place where people who had labored to build it up from scratch as descendants of slaves had labored so long and yet they have nothing because they were ambushed. And what do they do in those communities? The politicians will come back and say, okay, next year, don't worry, we're putting more billions there. I know all the billions never make their way down there because they always make sure they steal out of bread. I don't care whether you give 20 billion to any community. At the end of the day, the consultants and all those who got that money will get at least 40-50% of that money. And at the end, even now, it's less than 50%. What ends up in the community may just be 20%. And you can't dole a man to productivity anyway because poverty is poverty. When anyone is not substantiating their innate value, they are poor. Once they are not substantiating the innate value within them, they are poor. So you cannot dole a man into wealth. See, people talk about universal income that should be given to people that are not doing anything to sustain them. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. How do you overcome poverty by putting someone on dole? You are creating a, a perpetual underclass. It's the elites that come up with this because it's a system and it's working. And that's why when people, immigrants are coming into US, they are pushing them straight into the welfare state because they need that permanent underclass so they can use them to get the votes. And when they get the votes, they get to hold on to power and continue to steal the treasury rob the treasury and do all the things those in power do as they like to do even till today 
that's why they need the perpetual underclass so those who push for this agenda watch they only do two things they are the super rich the super class then they need the permanent underclass they don't want the middle class because the middle class will not give them their votes for free the middle class will not do that but the perpetual struggling class, the underclass, those who are doing nothing, the idolent, the those who are queuing up for those, those are the ones that will give them what they want. And they are the ones they are really after. And they are the ones that they long for. And they are the ones that they are dreaming of. And they are the ones that they need to bring in. That's why when they are pushing and they are bringing and importing all these immigrants, they are telling them, come and come in. We can help you. Come and see the welfare state because we need to make you perpetual strugglers. We need you to remain in the underclass. Never rise belong this level. We want a permanent struggling class that we need so that you can give us your vote on a perpetual level. We can remain in power so we can continue to steal from the treasury and continue to rob the American system and distribute within ourselves what we want from the system. But you will continue to give us the power. Then the middle class are the stupid class. Those ones don't want to listen to us. We don't need them. That's why we are replacing them with you guys. That's how the system works. That's exactly what the Lazification Project is. So when people come in and think, oh, the system is so nice, they're really helping us. There's so much help from the government. It's a trap. It's a trap. And once you get into it, you ain't coming out because you have to understand that the ruling elite know how to create a permanent structure that will box people in. And once people get into that system, they find it difficult to come out. That's why they have seen that it has worked. And now they are pushing it into the suburbs, building all this you know, government assistant housing programs that destroy communities, that brings in the drugs and all the prostitution and all the garbage. They love it because it creates that permanent underclass of strugglers that will give them the perpetual votes that they require to stay in power so they continue to steal from the treasury. That's how the system works. So the working poor may be struggling, but he's a working struggler. While the lazified poor is a perpetual struggler, there's no hope in sight. The working poor is a dignified laborer. He's a working man. Yes, he knows he's poor. Yes, he may not have much. But the Bible says that the sleep of a laboring man is sweet. Whether he eats little or much. Why? Because he's a laboring man. He's a working man. He has put in his best for the day. And when he gets home, whatever he finds to eat is enough. He's already sleeping because he's tired. He needs to get his sleep because the next day he's going out again. That's why his sleep is sweet. But now we have the indignified indolence of people who are doing nothing. So they sleep during the day, they take it easy, and the night they sleep again in the morning. And that's why they wake up in the morning, they're literally on hangover. They were drunk all night. Where does a working, hardworking man have time to drink himself to stupor? Because he needs to be at work the next day. So the working poor is a hard worker. While the lazified man is a lazy freeloader. A freeloader. He's looking for what to rob, who to steal from. That's why now they are robbing buses. That's why now they are robbing cargo on transit. That's why now they are robbing trains, literally. There are many places, many cities all over America now where people are just want to shoplift. And they come with an entitled mentality that, hey, we need to shoplift this place. And they get away with it. They get away with it. And it's all part of the lazification project. And the politicians say, well, let them be, let them, let them steal. Just get your money back from the insurance. Let them steal. They need it. They are poor. 
They are the idol and poor that was created by us. So let them be so that they continue to rob and remain in perpetual poverty. There is no dignity in robbing a place. No matter how much you rob, you really amount to nothing. It's something for low lives and your children can benefit from it. Can you hand over your stealing business to your descendants? Can you call your son and say, you know, I'm a thief, a robber. I rob banks. I rob joints. I rob trains in transit. I do all this. Now, my son, you need to pick up from where you have to become the biggest robber after I'm gone. Have anyone ever done that successfully? Because first of all, you'll be shot and killed in your lifetime. And before you know it, your son, if he picks up from where you stop, he will also be shot. You see, because it's a very risky line of business, you know, if at all it's a business. Why? Because there's no future for the thief. There's no hope for the thief. There's no destiny for the thief. There's no destiny for the thief. Just a common criminal that can be put down at any time. Very risky existence. And why all this happening? Because someone ambushed the community. Someone sat down and said, this is how we waste them. And they have succeeded in exactly doing that. So you need to understand where we're coming from. When I say these things, I'm speaking from a place of understanding. There is no future for the lazy freeloader who's just looking for... That's why they're looking forward to rats. So that they can go in and just loot get some Gucci's and get some how long do you keep looting you can loot every day and they can't be right every day even if you go to the hot market to the black market and you sell it for a few bucks what is the future in that you finish the money then tomorrow you're back to square one and the reason was because someone set them up they are not building a destiny they are not building a purpose they are not accomplishing their designation they are not attaining their greatness simply because they were set up. It's a lazification project. It's a freeloading world. It's a wasted existence. The hardworking poor, even though he's poor, is resourcefully hopeful because every day he's giving it another shot for him to attain the greatness that is given him. But the lazified man is resourceless and consumer-driven. Everything he wants, he just wants free stuff. He's a consumer. What can he get? What can he grab? That's all he's looking for. He's never ever driven by that purpose of trying to attain, you know, are realizing something. He's resourceless and no one wants him around, literally. And when he gets to prison, he's caught tomorrow, he gets to prison. Now he has a record. Now no one even wants to hire him. No one wants to give him a job. Because he's an ex-con. You see see the cycle. And this is the perpetual cycle that was created by the Lazification Project. It was designed to cause them to fail. Now, the working poor is most likely to eventually make it. And like I said, if they don't make it, they will eventually hand over the baton to the next generation who will be able to make it. Because they are in a cycle you know, of trying as much as they can to push it because there's dignity in labor. They are dignified workers. They are doing what they can. Even if they earn five or ten bucks, they know this is money I worked for. I earned it. So they go and earn some more and do some more and teach their children this is how you get the dollar. But today, what do we have in the projects? We have drug dealers. We have low lives. We have criminals. We have burglars. We have smash and grab guys. All these kinds of things. People who break in windows. Is that an existence? That's misery. And the reason is because they are resourceless and they are most likely to fail. Everything around them is in a cycle. So they keep jumping in from prison in and out. Literally. Because the family structure has been destroyed. Then you still look at the working poor. He is a low to medium skill worker. Yes, we have the low workers, but then we have the medium skill worker because he's working. You see, as you keep working, there is future in daily work. There's future in that work. But the lazification program creates productively useless people who are not useful to themselves, not useful to their family, not useful to others. They're dependent on the system. They're dependent on the government. The working poor is productive 
effectively potent, so he's useful, he's pushing it. But now, the lazified program has caused these individuals to be perpetually bound to the welfare state, who forever promises them free stuff just to be able to get them to give them his vote. And that's what keeps them perpetually in that cycle. You see, the working poor work to have so that he can also give to others. Because when you work, you have something, then you can also help others. But guess what? The Lizification Project creates perpetual takers. Permanent takers. And I see them all the time. Takers. Everything they do is just to receive. They are takers. That's all they are. If they see something, you leave it, they take it. If they see anything, they don't know who owns it, they take it. If you keep something somewhere, they take it. If you get anything in any form or way and you want to give it away or even help people, you see able-bodied men, they will come and take it and they'll tell you they're here to take it. And if you don't let them have it, they will literally take it by force because they are takers. This is what the Lizify program has created. And how do you even, how does this make sense? There's no future up to this. These are permanent takers. Now, the working poor is generationally scheduled to be released from poverty while the lazified poor is generationally doomed to remain poor. They will continue to live in the projects, continue to struggle because they have no product. The only way to overcome poverty is productivity. So the productive will fight to stay free and free of substance abuse of any kind simply because he has to work. His eyes has to be clear-eyed to do work. But the lazified one is addicted to domestic abuse and addicted to substance. The lazification project is a ruiner and it was scheduled literally to destroy a race of a people in America. He knew what he was doing and he did an excellent job wickedly. The mastering of wizardry, he literally ruined the people. And we have to begin to address these things and ask ourselves, what is the future? How do we address this? How do we help destinies? People are impoverished. And stealing, rioting and all that will not get them out of impoverishment. We need to go back to the foundation. We have to put the family back together. We have to get people off the welfare state. The welfare state is the destroyer here. And that's what is destroying the home, destroying the family, getting the women to be married to the government, making sure the men are irrelevant because they need their fathers. The girls need their fathers. The sons need their fathers. And without a father in the home, it produces this generation of bastards, literally. Without leadership, without direction. And with a lot of anger and animosity on society, they go out, they kill, they maim, they shoot, they rape, they molest, they do everything you can think of. And it was all designed by Satan. Satan is the mastermind. But he gave this man the assignment to do and he executed it perfectly. 60 years later down the road and we are reaping the harvest of what the lazification project has done to the African-American community. Please don't tell me anything about it was an intended outcome. That is not the truth. That is a lie from the pit of hell. That's what they always claim every time they get their mission accomplished. No. Some of us have access to the spiritual realm where we're able to see things. And as a resolver, as a spectacular in this equation, I'm able to bring that which has been hidden and bring it to a place where you can see it for yourself and understand that this was a lazification project designed exclusively to maim to reduce, to ambush the black community and bring them to nothing. And until the family structure, the hardworking man is returned to the home.
the lazification project will not be destroyed until the hard-working father is brought back into the home the primary provider for his home and his family not the government the government can't provide for you the government creates a dual system the lazification project that creates poverty everywhere it goes whether it's south africa whether it's united kingdom go to anywhere in the world where the lazification project is functioning those communities are living in poverty those communities are living in squalor they never have enough there is crime there is rape there is murder there is insecurity everywhere simply because the hard-working man has been taken out and the reason he was taken out was because he's the key he's the head when you decapitate the head the body has no hope until we put the head back into the family i'm telling you the structure will never come back to what is designed to be so please don't give me all that nonsense manure about oh it was unintended outcome no that was the intended outcome that's why they are deceivers that's why they are liars that's why they are professionals that's why they are wizards because they know what they are doing and they know how to deceive and tell you this is exactly what we were trying to achieve they always give you the opposite they called it the war on poverty but it was actually a war on the productive man it was actually the war on families it was actually the war on the black community it was actually the war on the productive man who was on the trajectory of getting to the heights of the middle class and from the middle class and even moving further because he was hardworking, because he was productive because he was providing for his family because there was the structure was there because the children had discipline and they saw it and saw that their trajectory would have overtaken their white counterparts and they came up with a scheme and ambushed him perfectly and now see how they wasted them, wasted their destinies in the projects. And the projects are a killing field. You almost enter that place, you won't come out alive. Almost like as if, if you just erroneously take a left turn, you may not come out. And this is the destruction of the project designed exclusively by those who came up with a war on poverty that was really a war on the black man, a war on humanity, a war on sensibility, a war on the working poor, a war on productivity, a war on wealth. The only way to overcome poverty is productivity. The only way to overcome poverty is productivity. The only way to overcome poverty is productivity. For poverty is the absence or lack of productive power. That is my resolver for today. That is spectacular for today. Thanks for listening and have a good one. Bye.